0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears on the clock. Bears on the clock. Bears have the number one pick in the draft. There's all sorts of stuff floating around around that. We're finding out that Justin Fields did indeed, yes, unfollow the Bears on Instagram.
3: Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it, cause people—why do people take social media so serious? Like, listen, <laughs> that, like, I still mess with the Bears. Listen, that, I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm following the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. It's—it's it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess mm-hmm. what? Every Bears post, we want to feel. We want like it's just, bro, like it's time. David Haw.
4: Justin Fields sounded like he was welcoming the opportunity to set the record straight yes. on whether or not he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram never or followed never, them. ever, ever, ever followed
3: them in the first place. Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 530 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. What's up, Molly Haw? Awesome show, man. Let's go. Mully and
0: Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Let's set the record straight. Justin Fields did follow the Bears on Instagram, and then he unfollowed them. That happened. Huge deal, big deal. Massive story breaking yesterday, as he admitted that. Morning, Mully. It's Thursday. Yes,
4: happy Thursday. If you say so, okay. I, I I'm just saying it's a story. It happened. It is a story. A lot of people talking about it. He, entertaining podcast with the St. Brown yeah, brothers. That yeah. was as loose and as relaxed as I think we've ever seen Justin Fields talking fun. about things. And he did get into the whole Instagram saga. It is a saga. He also said that in exasperated fashion, as we heard coming in, why does everybody take social media so seriously? It's a very good question.
0: Um. Well... I mean, I, I, I think that people attempt to monitor what athletes are thinking and it's as simple as that. There's, you know, social media is a way for players to connect to fans, whether they realize it or not. And there's so many guys that are on it and that are, you mm-hmm. know, sharing their thoughts, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people in the world that are on it, sharing their thoughts and, um, yeah, I think that it's just a methodology of keeping track of people. I, I don't think it's, I don't think everyone takes it especially serious. But I do think that it's um, it's interesting given what's going on uh, in his life, and he he was very frank about it and talked about everything on social media is either we want Justin or we want Caleb, and and you know that is a reality. The Bears are in this. Uh, Really strange situation, and I listened to a little bit of the town hall uh, yesterday, and it's it's still surprising to me what how many people believe that they'd be making a mistake a mistake to move on from Justin Fields, and how many people think that they there it there does this is one of these very strange issues where everybody seems kind of at loggerhead. Yeah,
4: about. I think it's still a very lively debate because the Justin Fields crowd is very passionate and loyal because they like everything about him as an athlete and how he represents the organization in the city. Very likable guy. I think that there's no doubt about it. This is the way that young athletes communicate these days. So social media, I don't know if this is to be taken seriously, but it does provide cues to what they're thinking and how they're behaving. But but I also don't think that reading into him on following the Bears and once he followed the Bears – is a sign of really anything except for uh, uh, an an attempt to isolate himself and relax when when he's getting away, to, as he said, get away from the football mentions on his feed and try to (laughs) kind of insulate himself from all of the anxiety that is going on from the debate. He doesn't want to take part in it. He doesn't want to listen to it. He's tired of hearing it, and I get that. He wants it over with. Yeah, this is his – this is really the equivalent, you know, we – five years ago or whatever it was, Mitch Trubisky, we made a lot of news and wanted to turn the TVs off in the of hall. Why did he want to do that? Well, because it can get loud. It's noisy being the bears quarterback, especially when you're not reaching and meeting expectations. This is Justin Fields version on liking the bears or unfollowing the bears on Instagram of turning the TVs off at Hallis hall. He's trying to mute the noise that is getting too loud for him in the off season. And
0: I understand, I understand that. Um, I feel, I think that he is in about as difficult a spot as you can be in as an athlete, because I think that he likes his job and he likes being here and he likes being quarterback of the bears and he's comfortable in that position and they are improving and you see the team getting better. And I'm sure that he believes in his heart with the amount of money they have uh, in the off season, the amount of moves they could do in free agency, were they mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of motivated to do so? I don't know how motivated they are to spend a ton of money. I, I do think that they need to take care of some of their own, et cetera. Um, but also the, the number of draft picks and all the things that are, are kind of looking out for the bears. I think they're in a really good position. I think Justin Fields like a lot of athletes at this stage in their career has absolutely no control over what's going to happen. And I think that's a real like he you know you can ask him what he thinks of Pittsburgh. You can ask him, "Oh, what would it be like in Atlanta with everybody asking you for tickets?" Wh- whatever it might be, you can have a fun conversation about that stuff, but he can't choose where he goes. He can't choose whether he stays. And I think that's just a really difficult spot it is. for anyone well, to be in. For anybody
4: who especially yeah. is in command at the quarterback position at all times, and so much depends on his ability to control the situation, right? Every Sunday, I every series, so. every yeah, huddle. You're right. So when he loses that kind of control, you're 24 years old, I understand he's going to try to do what? Control whatever he can. Yes. And if he's got if, if he's got a mechanism, if he's got a way that he can turn down the noise on all of the speculation that has become tiresome to a lot of people, us included, I mean, sure. there's there are days. Yeah. And so what does he do? He goes to his social media feed where he basically spends much of his life. Young young athletes sure. today, they spend a lot of their lives on social media, and he turns it down a notch. How can you do that? Well, I don't want to listen to what the speculation is. Unfollowing am my team. Does that mean I want to be traded? Does that mean I'm going to welcome a trade? Don't know, but this is the only thing I can control, so I'm going to start here. It's kind of like anybody in a situation when they're trying to – he's going on vacation apparently. Yeah, he said that. When you get away, you know, I don't check the text line when I'm on vacation. I don't want anything to do. Most of us try to get away and to try to separate yourself from the kind of things that might trigger you, and
0: Justin Fields doesn't want to be triggered by – the speculation, and he, he's entitled to that. You got to go on vacation. I mean, when's yeah. the last time you went on a really good vacation? Where did you go? Think about it. It's its like, you know. Me? Well, I, any I, of us but you is a good one. <laughs> I mean, I, I i can't remember the last time I went on vacation. I think I went spring break last year to Arizona. You went to Montreal. Yeah, but that wasn't like a week, and that wasn't vacation. Right. I just – I just went in and out of Montreal to see a hockey. I went game. to the
4: Poconos, had an encounter with the bear, and drove around um, a lot of mountains. And that That's was true. That was entertaining. That was that was a getaway. I wasn't checking anything except for
0: you. You could, you could have said that sentence like forty or fifty years ago, and everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, I know that." <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. I went to the Poconos. Uh,
4: the Poconos was fun. That was a nice getaway. I, I wasn't checking. Um, was Ralph
0: Cramden there? No, Did he wasn't see? there. That's what I okay. recall.
4: Lot, it, was, it was an older, <laughs> it was an older crowd. It was an older crowd. We got, we had a good time. But those kinds of things, when you do go away, you want to get away mentally, is an escape, and yes, you so want to right. recharge. Yeah. I don't blame him. I, 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 I was more entertained by how candid he was with, with a comfortable. Uh, you know, with with a comfortable crowd, the St. Brown brothers. Sure. Asking questions, and it was less of an interview as much as it was a conversation.
0: Yeah. It was the best part of it. I also liked that he kind of badmouthed Detroit and talked about the late hits. He gets there, and, you know, it it was just fun. I thought it was good. It was fun. There's a lot of good stuff in there. It was worth listening to.
4: If you're looking for clues or conspiracy theories to form, he was very complimentary of the Falcons and the players on the Falcons. He had to Uh, an awareness of what's going on there. He also said it would be difficult to play that close to home because his phone would be blowing up and people would be wanting tickets. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I wish he was that relaxed all time with the Bears beat, with the people that are around him, because that way he's already likable. We have seen how popular he is. That's why this debate is so fierce, I think, at some point. But he's not always that natural and relaxed when he's – Appearing like on Wednesday uh, or Thursday uh, of game week because he's more—I don't want to say robotic, but he's certainly more rehearsed and, and controlled.
0: Sure, sure. And and again, you know, you're playing another team, and you're trying to keep things. It, it's not—it's not as relaxed an atmosphere as the off season, sitting around talking to a teammate and his brother. I—I um, I did. I did find myself. Uh, I did pause. Oh yeah. When I, I heard uh, yeah. they had a brief conversation yeah. about who's the goat in basketball, and this is what we heard:
3: we got the Jordan rules, and we, I'm calling out from now on as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm-hmm. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with no, the Pistons? No, no this is All those uh, uh, at I'm 80- sorry,
0: this is not it. No, the the uh, we'll get to Antonio Pierce. Yeah, we'll get to him. <laughs> but, that, but there was he a needs a history lesson too. But the the uh, Justin the, Fields the, was asked the,
4: about the greatest basketball player. Yes,
0: ever. and he he went with LeBron. Yeah, and you know they they even the brother thought that he was good. Even even uh, Aman, uh St. Brown thought he was going to go with uh, Mike, but he didn't. <laughs> that, was, that, that might not have been Justin Fields' best read. Well, I, th- <laughs> but, <laughs> I again, I just don't think he's. I don't think he knows. I mean, Mike's coming to town, uh, you know, for the Chelios uh, Jersey reportedly. Reported who reported that uh, Chelly? Okay. And uh, reportedly, Michael and if, Jordan will be here Sunday. If that is the case, yeah, maybe he ought to go meet with this guy and maybe you know show him the last dance or I don't know, give him give him a little uh, clue into who Michael Jordan but is because this here's what he has to say.
3: Tell sorry he says Jordan, no, no. LeBron. LeBron, Listen, it's not even a question because he did it first. first. Thing. No, wait, why Lebron? Who better Kobe or Lebron? I like Lebron.
0: Kobe or Lebron? I mean, guys, that's not the argument. You're 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 just years late with the argument.
4: He likes Lebron as the greatest of all time because that's I think probably his generation. Has he where won the,
0: four titles?
4: I I think probably probably. Because of the longevity, maybe. I, I don't want to ex- make the argument for him. I do think that it who's, was. Who's I, the goat? You knew who's exactly what I'm he asking
0: s- you, just for clarity. What? Who's a GOAT?
4: Oh, well, it's Jordan. You know, like, there's no doubt. Not even it, close. People in Chicago, Justin Fields. It's not sick.
0: people in Chicago. It's just an a priori fact that Mike Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever.
4: But that's not a consensus. It's, it's what we believe strongly, but I think there are people out there that make the argument like Justin Fields, that maybe it's generational. He never saw Jordan right. play, whatever the right. case is. He's just a young But it lad. also speaks to what we're talking about here. Why is this a story? Why is this news? Because you're talking about a professional athlete who made a decision on social media that created a little bit of a stir. He's...
0: Let's get it straight, though, with the goat thing.
4: The youth. We're talking about youthful uh, opinions and activities and behavior. So he's forgiven for not being on the right side of the Jordan versus LeBron argument.
0: I think we need to talk to the Bears. I think that they're, whatever they're doing, you know, giving everybody the history of the Bears, here's what we did in the 40s. Why don't you update that a little bit and do like a whole, hey, this is the Chicago sports scene. Here's what happened in the 90s. Look at what the Blackhawks did. I I mean, you can, there's nothing wrong Educate them on Chicago sports history? Sure. Why not? It's not a bad idea. Take 10 minutes, you know. Do, to what end? Do a, why, why would that matter? So they know who the GOAT is.
4: We'll see, though. <laughs> so they can pander to the to the fan base? I don't think it's pandering. I do think it's pandering. I think, I that, don't think so. I think that if you have somebody who grew up in a different uh, area of the country or came from a family that may have different thoughts on who the greatest player of all time, who, who's, who do you think you'd answer the
0: greatest quarterback of all time is? Uh, I'd probably say he'd say Johnny Unitas. I <laughs> know he wouldn't. Just based on that answer, he might say, say he might say Matt
4: Ryan because I'm he sure, grew up a Falcons I'm fan. I'm Sure,
0: he'd say Tom Brady, and, yeah, well, and that might be the right answer.
4: Or he might say Mahomes. You know, he might say I, I don't know. I, I don't get too. He's got to know Tom. Caught up on that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. I know, I but but know. it's hard to say. It's hard to predict. Yeah, I know. We <laughs> believe what we believe, and there is you're not going to be any, you know, changing that. Or we can argue that, we can defend that. I think these guys have their own thoughts, and I, I was going to say Justin Fields grew up. He spent time in Ohio, but it wasn't like LeBron was there when he was at Ohio State. But Ohio State was what LeBron's favorite team, so maybe they have a connection there. Who knows?
0: Yeah, Who maybe knows? there is a connection. I doubt it. Um, I, I also, you know, so that Justin Field stuff's great. We'll play you a lot of that audio. And we'll discuss it and pick it apart, uh, as we do every morning. And it's fun stuff. Did you read the Jerry Reinsdorf interview with cranes? Yes. And I got to tell you, that's another one. You know, there's no audio of that, but we'll read you some of his comments and we'll pick apart some of the things he said. And, and I was I, I, I've got to be careful how I talk about this because, as you know, I grew up a White Sox fan. I am a White Sox fan. I, I don't have a choice in it. I never had a choice in it. It was a, a schoolyard thing. Um, I made sure that, you know, I wasn't getting beaten any more than I did going to school every day, and I became a, a Sox fan. Um, and It's where you grow up, and it's where your schoolyard allegiances are, et cetera but i think that the socks have been operating in a way over the last couple of years that is kind of it's difficult i know a lot of people that have fallen off as fans i i don't think you ever can say well i no longer like that to, i quit i quit following the i think that i don't know that you have a choice with that stuff i really feel like I'm still a Sox fan. Would I wear a Sox hat? Absolutely. I used to wear one regularly, and I don't wear it as regularly. But if I see someone in a Sox hat, I'm kind of like, hey, good for you. I'm just saying that there's been a lot of things that have happened that have ostracized the fan base. I don't want to speak for you, but I think you're Jerry, man. Yeah, you're you're speaking uh, on behalf
4: of a lot of people who feel the same way. Because it feels as if, and I am not—I did not grow up a Sox fan. I grew up a Cub fan, but I—I I have been here long enough to understand what's going on here, and it feels intentional. Because since let's let let's draw a line historically here. When things started to go downhill, from from on the, from a baseball yeah. perspective, from a PR perspective, was the moment they hired Tony La Russa. We don't need to relitigate that because that's kind of ground we've covered a lot. Sure, But it does seem like it's a continuation of an intentional, if you didn't know any better, a continuation yes. of an intentional attempt to alienate the fan base. That's a, that's a
0: fair way of putting it.
4: Because what the latest
0: example is,
4: is that not only did Jerry Reinsdorf show up in a leather jacket to address the state legislature <laughs> to ask for a billion dollars in subsidies for a ballpark that he has yet to uh, yet to share how much he's going to actually invest in, a day later, he goes to Crane Chicago business, who I guess he now views as his friendly media outlet. Clearly. And he threatens to move, and he cries poor yes. that he can't compete because the ballpark is outdated. Whose fault is that? And how are you How are you in the same city as the Chicago Cubs and going to claim what he's claiming with the history that he has and not investing in a team? It just... All rings hollow, and well, it smacks of hypocrisy, and yes. it's galling yes. and upsetting. Yes. And I think that you have every right to be
0: infuriated. Well, I, and again, I'm trying to separate uh, <laughs> my feelings from my emotional feelings and my emotional response to what is more or less he's describing—kind of a math problem, right? And and I, I don't know that that they are necessarily wrong but i do think you know you can't go up there and giggle about the idea of pursuing otani and then wait a few months and say well we couldn't get otani cuz of the stadium it, it like you it, these are these are not in uh harmony these ideas he didn't say But, you know, we got a real stadium problem. When he was asked about Otani, he said, I can tell you we're not going after Otani. (laughs) It it is really difficult to sort of coordinate those types of comments and look at him as a sympathetic figure in any fashion. What, what, What part do you see him having a point I'm curious I think that I think that if the White Sox were to move to the South Loop and they were to get a new building and they were to be part of what was described as a four billion dollar project and that is obviously not just the ballpark it's all the surrounding development everything going on around it so if that if that were to happen I think that it would be a fantastic base for the team to remain in Chicago long-term. I think there's a lot of positives that could come out of it. I just don't think Jerry should be the guy selling it. I- Sell the team and let the new owner with the deep pockets come in and be in charge of the project. The, pro- the problem is he wouldn't get the money that he wants and he wouldn't get all that he wants out of it. So it's difficult to look at Jerry... And the history he's had with the White Sox, and say, God, give this guy what he needs. Let's no, build this it, thing. It, there's for Jerry. too much
4: baggage that he brings to every exactly. conversation. That's but I'm just problem. curious. Do you think that because of the attendance certainty is why you think that it would be more lucrative for the White Sox in the South Loop? Do you think it'd be? Just- I think
0: they. I think they just. They, it would just be a massive uh, cash. You know, there'd be uh, there'd be money pouring in. From all just because of the from,
4: activity and the level of their investment I and mean, in it, it make them money i am I'm, I'm not disagreeing i'm just trying of to understand everything
0: it fully. that the cubs yeah, get out, right. of the, out of the area and they get out of uh, you know the signage and everything else and the and the prices they charge well, the and Rickets, all the rest
4: of the Rickets have invested more than it seems as if what we know so far that jerry Reinsdorf would invest in the 78 oh, that's no, more of a related midwest venture as much as yes, it is anything totally agree but I, but i do wonder why why uh, that's not being made clearer. And I do think that in in, in regard to your other point, selling the team would seem to be
0: like the best solution for everybody right now. He clearly doesn't want to own this team. No, he doesn't like this team. I think he likes being the owner and I think he likes being the guy. Just sell it. That is the front. Sell it to somebody who cares. And he likes having a cigar and telling everyone what to do. He likes to be right. I don't, I I don't see, you know, I, I mean, I've got so many thoughts about this, David, and we'll get into this stuff, but I'm watching Chris Getz uh, just, you know, listening to some of the stuff he's saying, and it occurs to me, you know, this guy has such a better gig than Rick Hahn had because Rick Hahn had Kenny breathing down his neck. And Rick Hahn, you know, when you want to go make a trade, oh, Kenny just traded Jake Berger. There is is a different thing going on with the dynamic now, which is probably good for the young general manager. No. I don't know. No, it's not. I don't know if he deserves the job he has, and I don't know if he's directionless. But all he has to worry about is Jerry's budget. That's it. He doesn't have anybody else kind of telling him what to do. Rick Hahn never had that opportunity.
4: Yeah, I don't know how the comparison. And I'm not saying that Rick I don't Hahn know, I don't would know about have been the good at comparison to Hahn yet. But but I think that what Chris Gets is is doing mm-hmm. is that the only thing he can he's trying to basically mm-hmm. take advantage of an opportunity that he's really probably not. Ready for well, and, and, and may not have been deserving, but I think exactly. what this the whole process is has done is it has exposed a flaw, the flaw and the in the void in the White Sox organization. Yes, who is the team president?
0: Who's the strong nobody? Voice, the front man? They the don't person. have one. They got Jerry. They're going cheap. They no, got, they no. got Jerry. Jerry he, is the owner slash president slash he's he's turned into right down to the members only jacket. He's turned into L Davis. He's turned into Al Davis. Michael which is, Reinsdorf needs uh, to get yeah. a floppy haircut. <laughs> Please no. To complete the
4: picture. Yeah, well, he's, he's not what he once was. None of us are. But he's going to be 88 on Sunday, and with due respect, he needs to get ready to step aside. Him being the front man for this project, him being the singular voice for this organization, isn't working. No. He won't hear us. He is tone deaf. It doesn't matter. We will still keep saying it because it's true.
0: You need help, Jerry. Sell the team or get some. Sell the team would be a good answer. Uh, we got to get into all this stuff. We've got the pick six next. There's so many good stories, so many meaty, fun stories. We'll pick them apart. It's Mully and Haw It's Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
4: That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47
2: new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while
4: supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve a nice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark
4: of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
0: It's pick six with Molly and Hawk where we debate the
1: top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Hall. Pick six with Mully and Haw starts now. Now that Justin Fields admitted he did indeed unfollow the Bears on Instagram and also the NFL, can you understand his reasoning why?
3: It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess mm. what? Every Bears post. Let's see who you follow. Uh, nah. Let's two, see who you we follow. see the draft, Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired yeah. of hearing the talk. We want to. Like we want to. Yeah. Like, it's just, bro, like, it's time.
1: You understand where Fields is coming from? Oh, absolutely. I mean,
0: you know, that was, that was really good stuff because that is an incredibly honest answer. And um, I'm sure that he's had his fill with this story. Um, I, I got a lot of time for Justin Fields. We talked about it repeatedly. I think he's a really high-character guy. I think he's a really, really great athlete. And I don't know how he is as a quarterback. I don't know that he's going to get to a point where he leads the team to the Super Bowl. But, man, you know, when you talk about intangibles at that position – the way he deals with teammates, the way he shows up for this off-season stuff because he knows how important it is for him to be there. He understands the responsibility that comes with the job, and I think there are so many really positive uh, parts. I I just think he's a high-character guy, and I I really do uh, rate him uh, in that fashion. I heard Olin talk yesterday and and once again – You know, I kind of like this idea. It's not going to happen, and it can't happen. But if you were to hang on to this guy, go ahead, draft Caleb Williams, and have him watch this guy and how he operates, and then deal with things in another year. And I know it wouldn't work, and I know there's too many egos, and I know if you draft a guy, he's got to get on the field, and I understand all of that stuff. But – You know, the way the Bears have gone about it, the way, even when they've drafted a guy, the way they've failed him, I don't know that they shouldn't try something completely different. Oh, that's not done in the NFL. Well, whatever's being done isn't really working. So I kind of, I appreciated Olin saying that. We've talked about that with uh, Patrick Manley. The three of us have had that conversation. I, I, um, honest to God, believe That, uh, whatever way the Bears go about it, they've been doing it wrong, so try something different.
1: Well, at least now we know which social media platform Justin Fields is most engaged with, and that's (laughs) Instagram because he is still following the Bears on X and he's still following, you know, the NFL on X. So he must not be very active on X, he's more active on Instagram. Do I get it? Sure, I get it. Enjoy your vacation, Justin.
4: Yeah, everybody's got their own coping mechanism in trying to deal with whatever job stress they encounter and have on a regular basis. Mitch Trubisky wanted the TVs turned off at Hallis Hall. Mm. Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. It's okay. I think it's in the context of this larger, broader conversation about what's going to happen to his career. And when you're talking about the livelihood and future of a 24-year-old professional athlete, yeah, it's going to get to him. We forget how young these guys are, uh, young men are kids to some of us I mean they are really just beginning to uh, be fully formed professionals and I think we hold them to a very high standard because of what we see them do on the field off of it they still have you know a lot of maturing to do this is not an, an immature act at all I think you have to give them some grace here we talk about his career like it's disposable. We talk about his future like it's not ours. So let's, you know, put him in Atlanta. Let's tri- let's put him in Vegas. Let's put him in a lot of different situations. Every time he hears that, he's got to consider what that means. So I had no problem with him explaining this. I like to hear his full, relaxed explanation. And again, it it bears repeating. If Justin Fields were like this on a more regular basis, he'd have even more fans. I think people want to get to know him a little bit more, and what we saw yesterday or what we heard from this podcast was a glimpse into who he is and how relaxed he can be, which is why teammates love him, why the Bears you know, could justify keeping him, but I just don't think it's a, it's going to happen, and I don't think it's a good idea.
3: I feel like I get this question a lot.
1: Do you feel that uh, Fields is a sympathetic figure because he has no control over whether he stays or whether he goes, and if he goes, where he goes? Did you appreciate that he reiterated he wants to stay?
3: Yeah, of course. Of course I want to stay. To be honest, bro, I'll be trying to, like, you know, with all the talk, it's it's hard to, you know, I guess kind of just boom, be in one place. But I can't see myself playing in another place. But if it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love right. the city. The city's lit. The, the fans are, you know, they're great. Mm-hmm. And the people. But, um... <laughs> It's a business. I ain't got no control over it, so whatever happens, happens.
1: So, is uh, Justin Fields a sympathetic figure? I think he is. I, I think he's teetering
4: between you know, accepting the reality and being honest about how he feels playing in a city that, frankly, adores him. Justin Fields, for as much speculation that has surrounded his future and for as much scrutiny that has been provided each and every snap that he has taken – as a Bears quarterback, it hasn't been a successful three years. He hasn't won enough games, not because of him, just because of the reality. He has been jerked around with coaching staffs and schemes and all kinds of things. So he is a natural, naturally sympathetic figure. It's easy to feel empathy for what he's been through. And when he when he talks that, talks that glowingly about the city of Chicago, sure, I don't think he's pandering at all. I think he means it. I think this is his... You know, it was his introduction to professional football and professional life. His highlight of his Bears' tenure was the first preseason game, he says, because of how it made him feel about being a professional athlete. He still has a degree of humility with that confidence and with that personality, so it's easy to feel sorry for somebody who is on his way out.
1: No, I, I can't feel sorry for somebody who's a quarterback in the NFL. I I, I just don't understand and if he's not a quarterback for the Bears, he's going to be a quarterback someone else. Somebody else's QB1. So there's no sympathy here for that zero.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know um how heartless a human you are there, Mr. Dustino, but uh He said zero. No, he said zero. Zero. Um I just think it's it's difficult <laughs> when uh when you're an employee and not the boss and you have, you know, they have changes in mind and you feel like you're making the wrong decision and you ought to consider this, I think it's just a tough position to be in. I think a lot of people have been in that position. You're right. It's a lot of money and it's generational wealth and he's going to be okay. And he's going to go someplace else. They're not going to, no one is going to trade for him and then sit him on the bench. He's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year, one way or another. Um, but, but, you know, come on now. You're, you're in one place, you're comfortable, you feel like you got it going, you feel like you're a master of your universe, and now you got to go start somewhere else. It's tough. I, I, I don't care. I, I can't believe that you have zero sympathy for
1: them. Who freaking who? <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: a good question.
1: What did you make of Chris Chelios confirming to us yesterday that Michael Jordan is expected to attend Chelios jersey-raising ceremony at the United Center on Sunday? What are your thoughts on Jordan missing the Bulls' ring of honor but making it this time?
0: It's really interesting. Um, You know, I don't – I would imagine, and again, uh, you know, this is just an outsider looking at it. I would imagine there's significantly less drama Involved in, uh, in not going back and meeting your teammates and reconnecting with everyone, uh, but rather showing up for a buddy and then going out to dinner and having a nice weekend. I, I think there's just a lot less drama. You're not the center of everything that's going on. You're there supporting a friend. I think it's an easy thing to do. And I think that it's, um, it could be a really fun thing to do to go there, be there for a buddy, and then again, you know, go out, have a couple pops, catch up with Wayne Gretzky, great dude. Um, I, I just think that um, I think it's a lot different than being the centerpiece of the Ring of Honor, and then you're, you know, your son's dating that guy's ex-wife, and I, I just think there's there's so much. Go, I'm not saying Jordan didn't show up for the Ring of Honor for that reason, but I'm sure that's one of the many reasons that it didn't work out in his schedule. And um, I I really, I, it's a pity that, that you know, Michael Jordan was never of Chicago. He was of the world, and everybody owned a little piece of him, and he just played here. And, and I think he had a great time here, and he met a lot of people here, and this is one of his friends, and I, I really hope he shows up for it.
1: Well, it shows that uh, Michael Jordan will make time for people he cares about, for people he calls his friend. We've also got a couple of those guys that were at that uh, ceremony, the ring, the ring ceremony, or the, the, whatever they're calling the the ring of honor ceremony, that are going out on tour now in Australia. Yeah, I saw that. To call BS on the documentary. Yeah. So and, and it's Pippin, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley. Right. Mm-hmm. So those three guys are doing a tour of Australia. Are going to go sit in front of uh, basketball fans there, and I have family there. I know they're huge Bulls fans. I don't know if they're going to Perth though. So I'm not sure if my cousins going to get them to go to cover it. Um, but Wait, Perth,
0: uh, Perth is out back and beyond, right?
1: Yeah, that's the uh, way out back. Back. Yeah. This shows that Michael Jordan will make time for his friends. And he does not have any friends, it appears, on the Bulls. And he definitely doesn't like the Bulls organization right now.
3: Yeah,
4: that was a bad move by him, I think. And I dare I criticize Michael Jordan in Chicago, but I think he could have made the time to be here for the Ring of Honor. I think Chicago has always loved Michael Jordan more than Michael Jordan seems to love Chicago. I hope that Chris Chelios, our guy, we're celebrating him, Noon to three on Sunday. It's going to be a great day to be at the United Center. It's going to be a great moment for Chelly, number seven, going in the rafters. We'll get into more of that later. I hope he's right, but I'll believe it when I see it. When Michael Jordan is on the, uh, on the jumbotron, on the scoreboard video, waving to the crowd in his number seven jersey or whatever he's wearing on Sunday, I will believe it then. Until that point, I am going to have some doubts whether he's showing up. I just will, just based on history. And so it would be a tremendous, tremendous moment. Michael Jordan watching Patrick Kane celebrating Chris Chelios. Everybody's there. All of Chelios' friends, too. Who knows? Eddie Vedder showing up. Uh, is Gretzky going to be there? Gretzky's going. So that would be tremendous. Yeah. Gretzky and Jordan the great at the ones. same place. Sure. So I hope it all happens. I hope Jordan is here. I hope Chicago enjoys it. It's going to be a great day with or without him.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big question. What did you make of Oakland head coach Antonio Pierce going on the Max Crosby podcast to compare the way his team played the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs on Christmas Day to the way the bad boy Detroit Pistons defended Michael Jordan back in the day?
3: We got the Jordan rules, and we I'm calling it now from now on as long as I'm here the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm-hmm. So you remember when Jordan was
0: going through it with the Pistons? All those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his ass. Anytime he came to the home, elbows,
3: yeah, filling yeah. them.
0: Love taps. We touched them. we in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
0: show those guys Jordan getting his ass whooped.
1: What do you think? The uh, Jordan rules for Patrick Mahomes by the Raiders. I think this will trigger a lot of people.
4: Uh, here is my initial reaction. Antonio Pierce is a linebacker disguised as a head coach right now. And that mentality applies to everything that he does and how he views the football world every day, every snap, every practice. This is his way of trying to reinforce this idea that Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest ever. To combat that, you need to do something special and different, and you need to put an image in, in, in their minds. Well, okay, that's the dated reference he wants to use even if historically it might be inaccurate, that's okay. He's a football coach. He's not a history teacher. People should have a more of appreciation and understanding of maybe the history of Michael Jordan's ascension in the Bulls and the Pistons, but Antonio Pierce wants to get his players thinking that they want to inflict harm on the best quarterback they will ever play against. This is his method. Uh, it worked. It worked once. I don't know how it will work again, but I think this is a young coach trying to look for motivational tools, and he found one, and he's going to use it again and try to use it again and again.
1: Well, you just I mean, cue up Autumn Wind by the great John Facenda in NFL films, you know, right? I mean, this is what they're going to do. You know, they're going to, you know... Sweeping along, swaggering boisterously, his face is weather beaten. You know, go ahead and and, and pop Patrick Mahomes a couple of times. He's a he's a listen. I talked about it the other day. He's a crybaby. He moans all the time. <laughs> he complains and moans all the time about getting touched, and it bothers him. It throws him off his game. So continue to do it. Don't don't take a shot at his head illegally. But that's so raider. I mean, you know, do Rough they have up. a Lyle Alzado Rough currently on the uh on, on the roster? Crosby, right. Listen, this is
0: the way you play football. And David's absolutely right. This is a linebacker mentality in a head coach. And so what you want to do, and L. Davis used to say it back in the day, you want to hit the quarterback. You want to hit the quarterback. He needs to be on the ground hurting, hit hard, six plays into the game. You got six plays to get your first damaging hit to the quarterback, and you better be doing it repeatedly. That's football. The Jordan rules – Somebody needs a lesson on the Jordan rules. This, you know, go ahead, rush the quarterback, get the inside rush, hit him from inside. No one likes that. Tom Brady didn't like that. No quarterback ever has enjoyed getting beaten by a defensive team. But this idea that that's the Jordan, the Jordan rules were where the foul comes from. If Mike's going, and he was already Air Jordan, just so you know. If Mike's going to the hole, here's what you do. You clean him out. This, The Jordan rules were not in the in the rules of the game. It was how you cheap shot a guy. And and I get it. Go out and brag about how you got the Mahomes rules. and Man, we beat him up on Christmas Day. But you're telling every official in the league, they're going after this guy no matter what. There's going to be a legal hitch. You better be aware of it. I I just think it was... Better to keep your mouth shut than to kind of brag about how you managed to beat the Chiefs before they won the rest of their games, including the Super Bowl. Come on now, win, Raiders. Win
1: football games. This is nonsense to me.
3: Terrific question. Need to get that answered. Don't have it for you today.
1: That's the voice of uh, Bruce Levine. He'll be with us later this morning, talking Cubs and talking White Sox. What did you make of Jerry Reinsdorf telling Cranes the White Sox need a new stadium in order to compete? The quote, the economics of baseball have completely changed, end quote, Reinsdorf said. The owner said that the rate, quote, at the location where we're at now cannot generate the revenue needed to pay those salaries, end quote. Your reaction?
0: Not good. My reaction isn't good to it, frankly, because, um... I, I, you know, don't put on the poor mouth when you're one of two teams in baseball to never give out a hundred million dollar deal. It, it's just you've got plenty of money. You've had plenty of money. This is not what the problem is. It's the way you've put the team together. It's the way that you've operated. Um, I, I just feel, I just feel like Jerry is not the front man for this story. They're making a mistake by. Jerry, there's an emotional reaction to Jerry when Jerry starts telling you, oh, you know, the team's going to move if you don't do it, they'll end up in Nashville. You're the guy that went and met with the mayor of Nashville, right? What was that for? This is a this guy has been running the same kind of shell game on the people of Chicago, on the people of the state of Illinois for years. That's how he got the building he's in now, and now he's going to blame the building. You got the biggest sweetheart deal in the history of stadiums and now you're blaming that for why the team isn't good on the field give me a break no one feels sympathy for you or thinks that the, uh, if you don't build this for Jerry the team is leaving look sell the team let somebody else with deeper pockets come in and and build the area up get that money for themselves not for you And uh, and maybe the team will then follow and be really good But you need one of these deep pocket owners. And, and, you know, Jerry can claim, well, the move is to get out of town. No, it isn't. There is a fan base here. There is an opportunity on the 78th. Just get someone with deeper pockets. Get somebody in here that wants to do the project he's talking about doing. I think that would be a much better solution than trying to help him make his money before he's gone.
1: I'm far from a businessman, far from an English major. But we all have heard the phrase location, location, location. And what I'm reading my I think my reading comprehension is pretty good. I, I put that up against others. He says, "We can't generate the revenue needed to pay those salaries at the location we are at now, at the lo- This isn't about the stadium. It's not that the stadium's not good enough. Where the stadium is at is not good enough to generate, as you guys talked about, kind of a Rickettsville. Okay, You can't have that at 35th and Shields. It is what it is. You can't have that there. There's a lot of money generated down in St. Louis. They have a whole area... Right as you as you go into the state, they have a they have an area that the brewers Another have downtown the stadium. brewers have yeah. the brewers have an unbelievable tailgate and bars and restaurants right there. The red Sox and the red Sox have done now. The, originally, the first time I went to Fenway, you know they didn't have that, Mully. The first time oh, I, I went there, they had yeah. the cask and flagon. They had one joint, just kind of like but what they the White were the Sox. Model had. That the Cubs but then followed. what did they start doing though? Yeah. No, they started shutting the two streets. As Yorkie an example, Way, they right? shut down. They shut down Waveland and Shetfield version of Fenway. And all the revenue, you you come well, in, that's where the you, buy sausages, the city, you buy your sausages, you buy your beers, yeah. you buy your T-shirts right here. You, buy, you Here's your ticket. Right. You go into this gated area. That's what he's talking about here. It's not that the rate isn't good enough. Where the rate is at isn't good enough. The problem is he needs to put some skin in the game. We've got some comments from the mayor of Chicago also hmm. talking about the stadium yeah, situation.
4: Yeah, we'll get to those. I think that's a really good point, Dustin, because – as shrewd as as a businessman as Jerry Reinsdorf is considered or always referred to as, how long has he owned the team at 35th and Shields and how long are we still waiting for that area to be developed to the point where there could be something like you described? Maybe it's unreasonable or to expect that or unrealistic because of the neighborhood there are all kinds of excuses you could make but that's not what the White Sox have ever been able to achieve Jerry Reinsdorf has failed at being able to surround the ballpark with the kind of atmosphere that you describe in Boston or in St. Louis or in frankly in in Wrigleyville so Jerry Reinsdorf now is crying poor and trying to blame the economics of baseball for the bad baseball that we see on the south side he's got to own his role in this process the White Sox were pretty good as a baseball team up until the point where and a lot of excitement around the league surrounding the franchise remember how likable this team was and then okay Jerry Reinsdorf himself hijacked the hiring process brought back Tony La Russa and everything has been downhill since then so you did have a baseball team that could win despite all of the economic uh, hurdles that you have to clear when you play in a stadium like that. Yeah, it is location. You want to go to the South Loop. You want the public to pay for it. What do you have to invest? How much are you putting into this? Tell us that, and we'll feel differently maybe. But don't cry poor. Don't make up things that aren't true. You as a baseball organization were in pretty good shape until you stuck your nose in and hired the wrong guy. Since then, bad news,
1: bad news, bad news. This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. What do you make of the Pedro Graffol reaching into the Matt Iberflus uh, bag of acronyms, replacing the hits principle with the FAST doctrine, FAST, F-A-S-T, according to James Fegan of Sox Machine, stands for fearless, aggressive, selfless, and technically sound. Are your eyes rolling? <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one.
4: I, I don't. Think that it really is as genuine. At least with Eberflus, that was a day one mantra. That was the thing he tried to at least introduce, and we could mock. And everybody keeps on going back to it. But with Pedro, this is year two, and he's he's going uh, into the fast doctrine, if you will, or the should be F A S T S. Technically sound. It ends with an S, so I don't know. That's kind of hard to say, though. Yeah, I, I think this is just more the same. What we're hearing from Pedro, everything is fine. He's going to stay positive. This is the rah rah guy that I think that we thought he would be when he came and threatened to, you know, be the same team every night at what seven ten, whatever the case was. But yeah, this is just more rhetoric. I want to see some results.
1: Well, this is good reporting by James Feegan. It'll be good to have him uh, on that Sox machine squad. I just don't understand why it took this long to get to this point finding out what this meant. We joked around, I think, off the air. I don't know if we made it on the air. But fast? With with those guys? With Aloy Jimenez and Moncada? You're going to play fast? So then are we going to play injury bug? Hamstrings are us? I mean, come on. So why why when he, Pedro, kept saying the word, we're going to play fast, and we're going to play fast, and we're going to be fast, why didn't anybody press him? Can you Back that up and amplify on fast, please. Where's check copic when you need them?
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I, You know the whole the whole acronym thing. Uh, uh, okay, I mean that was. I guess that's an acronym. Okay. Um. Help. That that would be my acronym. Help. You gotta. I mean the hits principle. Okay, I get it. You know, we're we're gonna figure out. We're going to make it simple, stupid, so we can you can understand what we're going to do. And now we've got fast, so we got hits, we got fast. What's the Cubs acronym? Do we have to come up with one? Does every team need an acronym so that they can remember how they're supposed to play baseball? I, I, you're right. This is uh, this is an Iberflus thing from day one versus year two. Pedro's figured out that this is the way to go. Um, Hey, if it helps him play well, who cares? I, I just think, um, you know, you need better players, and you need them fast. Season's right around the corner. 312-644-6767. That is the telephone
2: number. We've got
0: the extra point. Next, it's Mully and Hon.
2: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv.
3: It's time for the Extra Point with Moline Ha on 670 The Score.
1: After the Blackhawks raise Chris Chelios' number seven into the Raptors on Sunday, which will be the next jersey retired in Chicago sports, and who is the most deserving?
4: Boy, that could get a lot of reaction. Who is the most deserving? Who doesn't have their jersey retired that deserves it? You know, when you think about the 2016 Cubs, you think that's going to be maybe the next logical direction you look, although I don't know who it would be off that team. I don't know who would stand out in that crowd, Rizzo or Bryant, Bryant or Rizzo, who comes first? And then, yeah, I don't know. Their body of work as a Cub, does that merit retiring their jersey? Is it Joe Madden's jersey? I don't know if there is anybody on that team that's going to emerge. So I think it's a two- Person race to me, just be reflecting on what you're looking for when you retire these jerseys. Sometimes is a little bit of a bounce, bring somebody back, reconcile, celebrate, whatever the case may be. Brian Urlacher's 54. Brian Urlacher's 54 is Dustin rolls eyes, is possibly at the next at the top of the list, or Derek Rose is number one. I could see them retiring Derek Rose number one in an attempt to kind of be part of this tradition that they're celebrating, the Ring of Honor, bring back D. Rose. He'll show up, actually. He'll show up. You know that. He loves Chicago. And I think Derrick Rose is number one, or Brian Urlacher is 54. Probably the two at the top of the list. Others could be good candidates, but I think those would be the two where I could see the teams respectively starting with.
1: Well, again, just like the Hall of of Fame, there's too many... People in the Hall of Fame. There are too many jerseys retired, and if you want to be great, and I wish I would have been part of Monday's show on the the national holiday, uh, David and Layla had a great question going after uh, Jay Williams and his questioning of Caitlin Clark being great. I almost felt like as I was listening to that at home, like they were saying, "You, you see what happens when you don't come to work? You don't get to answer this question." Uh, I felt that I felt that I felt that question was 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 there for me, okay, and I wasn't able to attack it, but. In order to be great or to be a Hall of Famer or to have your number retired, I think you need some bling. I think you need to have won something or at least gotten to a game where you could win some bling. Derek Rose, no shot. Okay, no, no shot. Here's the problem with the Bears, and I've actually looked into this, and Mully, you may know the answer. So... Please jump in. There are
0: too many numbers retired. They don't have enough to.
1: Well, I've heard that the the NFL has told the Bears that they can't retire any more jerseys. They're not allowed to because of the number. But
4: is that still valid with the changes to the whatever number you could wear zero and play linebacker? Right.
1: Well, that's a good, that's a good point. But there's like, you know, the Celtics have guys wearing 60. Right. But how about after, let's say 30 years, I've done a bunch of research on this question. I love this question. I love this topic. How about after 30 years, have an unretirement party? If the player is still with us, fantastic. If the player is no longer with us, that's okay. Sorry for their passing, but let's have the, the family show up and unretire the number and 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 tell the fans of today why that number matters to your organization and let a current star player wear that number, assuming they want to wear that number.
0: Um. Yeah, I don't want to unretire any numbers. Um. I. I do think that the next guy should be Ozzy. I think Ozzy. Oh, I love that. Um. I would love that be, answer. Yeah, he would be the guy yes. that they should retire his jersey because he was here. There's the years of service as a player, but you know, moreover, there's winning the World Series as a manager, and um, I think he deserves to. To get number thirteen retired by the Chicago. Great ideas. So that's that's a good one. That, that is what I would think would be next.
4: And it probably would be a way to actually do something that the fans would embrace. Sure. With the socks.
0: Wouldn't that be something?
4: It would be terrific. Plus, we would have them talk about it on our show.
0: You know, what I don't know. Place? I don't know about. I, I really don't know about. Um, about the Bears because of all the numbers that are retired and the way they have to, you know. But they, I think it's different now with the, with the, with the. I, I don't the I, different I,
4: numbers. I, you can wear number seven or not seven. You, right. can, you can wear whatever well, like, number you want, single digits, and play linebacker or, or defensive you know, line or wherever.
0: Marcus, Sayers, Peyton, I think those are people that have to have their jerseys yeah. retired, and they are retired, and that's great. You know. Um, would you love to have Doug phones 55 retired? Uh, that would be really great. I don't think that's going to happen, despite the years of service and everything else. I, I, I think that you know you get you get kind of personal and emotional about n- number retirements, and it's uh, it's got to be fairly obvious. And I think that you know the I would say eventually we know 19's going up there. We know. You know, Kaner, I, I think there's, there are numbers that will be retired. Yeah, 88 and 19, they're going up, but not no yet. No question. Right. And Kaner's got to come here and have a hat
4: trick on Sunday and then maybe retire as a Blackhawk, but then they could put it It was in interesting to
0: hear from him and the things he had to oh, say. Oh, I love that. About, we should you know, about Blackhawk about for yes. life and that stuff. That was interesting. I,
4: and I want to get your thoughts on one-day contracts eventually. i got to get back to Dustin, though. I, before we break, i gotta, sure. I got to know this. You brought it up, Dustin, so I'll pick the scab if it's a scab. Are you agreeing with Jay Williams that Caitlin Clark is not great because she has not yet won a championship?
1: I think to be considered an all-time great, you need to win a championship. She needs to win a championship. That's not what at I asked. Iowa. That's not what I asked. That's not but, what he but, said.
0: But Dustin, you know she's maybe a hundred points behind Pete
1: Maravich. Is that, she great? Was he great? She she she's great. Yes. Okay. But she did, she hasn't won a championship. But I did. But that's not. I, but not greatest.
4: She's, no? not the greatest high, she's not the greatest college basketball player ever?
1: No. Yeah. Women's college sure. basketball player, but not the greatest college basketball. Who was the
0: basketball. greatest co- – you know, uh, Lou L. Cinder could have been the greatest right. college player. No, no, that, I, I'm answer, basketball player. No, I meant women's
1: basketball. But that's not what you asked.
0: Yeah, you didn't ask that.
1: I said is she the, the greatest – okay. She's the greatest scorer in women's college basketball. He didn't, He didn't. He, he compared her – I had a bigger issue with him comparing her scoring ability to – Arguably the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA right now. That was part of what he's talked about. Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry is doing this at the highest level. Steph Curry has won championships at the highest level. He said said she's not in the same she is not in the same row as Steph Curry. How would he know? Jay Williams. He did win a championship.
0: (laughs) Come on. Not for the (sighs) Bulls. Come on.
1: He won a championship. She didn't win one for Iowa yet. Let's see. I don't know
4: why
0: this conversation.
4: Here's a great. Here's a great jersey retirement.
0: Marion Hosa. That's a great, great response. He's gonna be in town. Isn't it retired? I don't think the number is retired yet. But that that is it. Ninety-one. Marion Hosa was like the greatest. Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Sorry, eighty-one. Marion Hosa. You don't win those titles without him.
4: We might have him on the show. He's going to be in town. He's got an event. Let's get him on. I I got nothing but respect from him. Marion Host is a tremendous. Last thing, though, back to the – he said Caitlin Clark wasn't great, Dustin. She's great by any measure. I don't know why people are reluctant to call her great.
1: Well, I I, I called her great. I didn't call her the greatest. That's what I didn't call her. I had more of an issue with him trying to compare her scoring to Steph Curry's. Totally different.
0: All right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what he said. Well, exactly. I, mean- I, I don't. I don't. I don't hold him with the greatest gravitas as is, is the commentator that I most want to hear determine who's great and who isn't. No offense. That's the fact. Host's number's retired. It is retired. Yeah. Okay. Good. Should be of that guy. We went to a Hawks thing, and uh, there's all these people lined up for Taze and Kane, and Marion Host is there. And I made my kids go up and get his autograph because that was the one I thought was Hall of Fame worthy at the time. He they is. All, they all are. Hall now. of Fame guy, Hall of Fame player. Yes. Can't wait till he's on the show. All right, let's get him. Uh, all right, 312-644-6767. A lot of people want to check in. We're going to get right to your calls. Mully and Hall on the score. We're not going to be in a Otani race. I'll tell you that right now. i give you <laughs> Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It- no way you're getting Otani, Jerry. Let's have a good laugh about it. It's pretty good stuff. Small market team. Yeah, they are. Small market teams yeah. don't have chances to get big, ticket get free agents. You, you so. only become a big market team if you move downtown. So, uh, if you give me a billion dollars. Where does where, where the line,
4: where does where that 78? line in Chicago and the south side where be, if you move past it far enough north, you become a big market team? Is it?
0: Yeah. It, I, apparently, Roosevelt Road.
4: So that must be it. I got the South it. Loop makes the Sox a big market team. Apparently. You know what comes with that? Jerry Reinsdorf probably won't be have to worry about a chance it. Chance to sell the team for more money. Yeah, you should sell the team definitely. But you also will have the expectation of acting like a big market team. Something that the White Sox have failed to do pretty
0: much throughout the last mm-hmm. forty years. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's trade. Let's try John. John's in Canaryville. Hey, John.
3: Hey, good morning. Love your show. Thank you, bud. Quick question. Um, if I recall, uh, the Illinois Sports Financing Authority has restrictions put on land that the White Sox Stadium is on, that laws that Madigan pushed through that they can develop only a certain way, limiting restaurants, bars, etc. I was wondering if you guys knew anything about that.
4: Look Thanks. into that. That's yeah. not something I'm familiar with. What kind of limitations would there be? I can't imagine that they would break ground or even pursue this if there were any set kind of limitations on what they could develop. This, it'd be the opposite. Sounds like based on. Well,
0: the- he, he's asking if if they put limitations on preventing sort of a Wrigleyville around uh, the guaranteed rate field, and is there a limit to what they can do? I know that they. You know, there was a nice little restaurant there. I think that was state-subsidized. Certainly the White Sox team store, I believe that was state-subsidized. So I, I don't know Fair enough. if, if there were limits. If, if you are of- as
4: savvy of a businessman and politician as yes. Jerry Reinsdorf, I think, considers himself to be, and you were able to manipulate the process to use the, the Florida, we're going to go to St. Pete ploy as a means of getting the sweetheart deal that you got. Don't you think that it's reasonable to expect that he could have figured out a way to finagle some way to build around Guaranteed stadium? If he wanted field? to? Yes. Yes. That's what if I mean. If he wanted to. That's so, fair. So there are perhaps limitations. Michael Madigan might have been involved in, in doing that, but I just think that it's giving him a pass for a guy that considers himself this shrewd. He hasn't been, and he hasn't been able to build around the stadium in a way that we kind of sh- should hold him
0: accountable to do. Let's try Psycho. He's in Westchester. Hey, Psycho.
3: So, um, I got two. I got two numbers that should be retired from Blackhawks, and they keep on not retiring them. One is Steve Larmer, and the second one is Doug Wilson. Steve Larmer does wow. not get his uh, due at all, and Doug Wilson, come on, he should be in the Raptors at the United Center. But those are my two guys. the Guys, and I'll let you talk, and I'll let you go. Thanks, Psycho.
4: Those are good ones. I, I think. They haven't been for whatever reason. The next one off the Blackhawks list, I think, could be Duncan Keith.
0: Yeah. Duncan Keith is seems like a lock for that, but he's still playing, right? So he no, did he just the, he's, he's did he retire? his first
4: year out. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be in town with Marinosa.
0: Well, let's go. March 14th. Let's go. Roll it up. Yeah. Roll it up to the ref. got all kinds of hockey information. Yeah. That's good stuff. Is he going to be on the show too? Yeah. <laughs> You want me to work on that one? Yeah, let's go. If we can get Duncan, Keith, and Marion Hossa. That which, sounds good Mitch to me. is going to be in the studio. There we go. <laughs> Too much hockey. Zach is in Rockford. Hey, Zach.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? So good. I was listening to the show yesterday <clears throat> after work. Um, you know, there's two things about the Bears that nobody's really looking at. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've got two generational players in this draft. In my opinion, I think Harrison Jr. is the right way to go. I know it's a business thing. If they trade fields, I get it. You know, I I hope Caleb does good. I'm not a Caleb fan, but you know what? If we draft Caleb Williams and the Bears are not, at least in the playoffs from the first or second year, these same Bear fans that want Williams – are going to be the same bear fans that are going to want another quarterback again, and it's going to be the it's going to be a repeat cycle. How many quarterbacks are we going to go through before we fix the real problems? And that's what nobody's talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I what? Think, are the I think real everybody's problems? talking about it. I think, you. you know, I think it, everybody's it, talking about it. It's a chicken and egg question too. You know, do you build the team up so you're ready for the quarterback, or do you grab the quarterback when you have a chance, and then you build the team up? Yeah, you know, here's what you gotta remember if you draft um Caleb Williams, you're restarting the whole clock. Yeah. You know, Justin Fields is scheduled to make six million dollars, I believe, this year. That jumps to twenty two million if you pick up the option, which it doesn't appear they're going to. Um, so that's a lot of money, believe it or not. It's not the kind of money if he if he makes a two hundred million dollar deal, that money goes way through the roof. So if you're restarting the clock, then you're on a a five-year deal with the guy that you draft. So that should give you plenty of time to figure out whether you got that position right or not. And Caleb Williams,
4: people could be wrong about him. People could be wrong about Drake May. People could be wrong about a lot of things, but we were certainly wrong about Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I, it doesn't mean you stop trying. I just don't understand that logic where you've gotten it wrong, you've gotten it wrong. You've gotten it wrong again. You give up. I think you, you got a generational talent, a guy that is consensus
0: number one overall. Those pick. guys usually work out. They usually work out. I'm just saying, right? And I mean, there's, if you get Peyton Manning, it usually works out. If you get, you know, Trevor Lawrence is working out. Whether Trevor you Lawrence like him is or working not.
4: out. People forget it, that. Yeah.
0: I, and and you know, you talk about like Andrew Luck worked out. Yes. You know, they eventually Weren't protecting him, and he had enough, and he wrote a letter home to. But Mom that was a that good was, draft
4: pick. That was the draft yes, draft pick. Yes, and had you said, yes, ha- had you said, "Hey, Indianapolis Colts, we'll give you this draft haul for Andrew Luck." If you said to the Cincinnati Bengals, "We will give you all these drafts," Joe Burrow's a great example. But you're not going. They would not yeah. trade Joe Burrow for the draft or the 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 return that the Bears got for the number one overall no. pick last year. No. 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 no, when you have a quarterback that special, you keep him. You protect him, you win with him.
0: Yeah, and, and and again, you know, they they are in a really good position to help build up their team in the offseason, both with free agency if they choose to go that route, and certainly uh, with the two high draft picks. They could get some incredible talent. Now, you know, you can say, well, you know, trade down one spot, let him go to Washington, he's from there, and you can – get Marvin Harrison Jr you'll get another draft pick uh next year first round pick and you'll pick up your second round pick that you gave up for the pass rush that's that's not the way to go about it you, you get the best player you can get a quarterback if, if you've got the if you've got your choice of everyone in the draft and there's a guy like Caleb Williams there it's 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 really a, a, it's nonsensical when you start thinking about what that means for your time clock and the way you build a team. you got an obligation
4: to do the right thing. That's the right thing.
0: 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall. We're going to hear from Justin Fields next. We'll hear what he had to say on that podcast. There's some great audio, and we'll give it to you very – a very calm and uh, an interesting football conversation. Mully and on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
3: Mm-hmm